This is Dram Fine, the podcast where we talk all things whiskey. I'm Chelsea. I'm Pamela. And welcome to season three. And we are starting off with a good one. Yes, we are. We have a very special guest, someone we've been wanting to have on the pod since day one. Today, we are talking to Becky Paskin. We are such big fans of hers and we're excited to chat about whiskey, inclusion within the whiskey community and sweeties, aka candies. Mm-hmm. We would love for you to take a sec to subscribe to our show on your podcast app and leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You can also support us by heading to our website, dramfine.ca and sign up for our brand new subscription plan. Let's do this. Let's do it. Chelsea, we are back. We're back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We are back and we are spectacular. Um, So uh, we have a very... so. First of all, have you been having a good hiatus, as they say in the biz? Uh, Yeah, I have. I've really enjoyed a bit of downtime. We were really busy towards the end of last year. We kind of deserved a nice break, I thought. Oh my God, what a whirlwind. Yeah, we had a very, very amazing end of 2021. Um, But we're so excited to be finally back recording season three. We have an amazing season lined up. And today, I mean, like we said in the intro, super excited for Becky to be here. Bex. Bex. Um, But should we just... Should we just like stop this chat chitter chatter and just like bring her in? Get in here. Hey, bring her in. Becky. Hey, how you doing, Chelsea? Hey, Pam. Hi, Hi. Becky. So great to have you on. We've literally oh, waited years to have you. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm so thrilled to finally be on your podcast because you we've been talking about this for so long. And finally now we've managed to pin down a date. I'm so thrilled to be here. I love what you guys are doing. I love the podcast. I think it's a breath of fresh air. I've said it before. I'll keep saying it. I think it's wonderful. So really thrilled to be here. Stop it, Becky. (laughs) Well, you know what? We have been a long time fans of you as well. I remember stumbling upon your, like years and years and years ago and being like, Pam, check out this badass right here. Like, (laughs) (laughs) she's, you're so cool. And then I messaged you and you messaged me back and I was like, oh, wow, I feel pretty special. She acknowledged me. So I actually think that was before our first ever episode recording. It was like, we were just playing around with the idea starting the podcast when we when we kind of discovered you as well so it's it's literally years <laughs> it, has <laughs> been, it has been years I mean um, you're treating me like I'm Jennifer Lawrence or something well <laughs> you you're the, the, the Jennifer Lawrence of the whiskey world no you're <laughs> like clum, yeah. clumsy and um, full of expletives <laughs> relatable um but let's uh let's get a little bit into you because um you know you've been like an established journalist editor presenter educator um you know uh, specializing mostly in whiskey for was it like over 15 years now has it been yeah so um I mean I so around 15 years ago I I uh, started writing about food and drinks so um writing for a British publication called Big Hospitality and Restaurant Magazine and then a job came up writing for a publication called The Spirits Business, which is a trade magazine. And that's when I fell in love with spirits. And that's when my passion for whiskey really started. And everything's just gone from there, really, I suppose. So 
uh, went on to edit the scotchwhiskey.com, which is uh, now sadly folded a few years ago now. Even though it folded, I think it was 2019, but everyone still talks about it. Oh, do you remember the day when scotchwhiskey.com closed? (laughs) um, Yeah, very sorely missed. But yeah, gosh, it's it's been a while I've been writing about, about drinks for now. What was it specifically about whiskey that kind of got to the point where now you're just this um, a big, strong, powerful voice in the industry now? Like, how, what, was there like a specific moment or scotch or whiskey that that did it for you? Or do you, no, do you know? I can't remember the the whiskey I tasted that made me think. Do you know what? I want to make a career out of this spirit. I can't tell you. My very first taste of whiskey was when I was probably 15 years old. And I was studying for my uh, GCSE exams at school and stayed with my older brother. He's much older, stayed with him for a while. And while he was out at work, I was supposed to be studying. And I found a bottle of Grants down the side of the couch and thought, hmm, I'm going to be a bit naughty and have a swig of that. I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, immediately spat it out. I actually, I don't think I spat it out, but really did not like the taste. I thought it was disgusting and couldn't think why anyone would want to drink it. So um, that was actually my first experience with whiskey. Wow. And I can't remember when I actually fell in love with it. Um, I think, to be honest, the thing that made me, that actually made me fall in love with whiskey wasn't necessarily the liquid itself. Although I always found it delicious as an adult of legal drinking age, I actually fell in love I think with the the processes behind it and the people Mm -hmm. that make it and those beautiful beautiful stories uh the heritage the history everything that comes part and parcel with whiskey is what I kind of got me into the spirit really that's exactly the same thing for me as well like as much as I love whiskey I fell in love with like everything that surrounds the industry yeah with the history and the heritage yeah it's it, yeah I'm 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 uh and also being able to meet amazing people like yourself as well so yeah it's been it's mm-hmm. been awesome I I often say that when you're in the whiskey industry you can travel anywhere in the world and you'll always know family because the whiskey industry the whiskey family really is so far uh, reaching it doesn't matter where you go there's always somebody who will uh, be there to take you to a bar to have a dram with there's always someone there's always a distillery to go and have a look at there's always a whiskey bar to prop up a stall at as yeah, yeah it's, it's a beautiful family to be a part of agreed <laughs> I think um, but yeah it's the same for me as well I mean I love all the stories and we do a lot of episodes where we kind of get off track and, and fall down like these backstories behind the distilleries and all that stuff it's just like it's so some of it's so romantic as well like you're literally falling in love with these distilleries and these whiskies it's amazing um, so obviously uh, you've been very busy the last little while here with uh, our whiskey so you're the founder of our whiskey which is a huge deal and I loved uh, all the really fun tastings and stuff that you were hosting last year some of them I really wanted to go to but the time zone just didn't really allow for it um like that new kids in the block one looked so fun that you had and I just like that you're um you're injecting like so much more fun elements into into whiskey tastings and that's uh, what's new what's new for our whiskey what's coming up well you know there's kind of a reason why we're doing the podcast now mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a reason why I've put you off for quite a while <laughs> it's because I've had um I've had plans uh building in the background for uh, a relaunch of our whiskey and it's something I've been working on for a couple of years now and I'm so thrilled that it's finally coming 
to light and let people get to see what I've been working on because it's just I've poured everything into this. So our whiskey to give a bit of background, uh, began in 2018. It was a social media movement really set up because we were kind of tired as women working in the industry of always being overlooked and being judged basically on our gender. And a lot of consumers mostly doubted our knowledge of whiskey purely based on our gender. And it was very frustrating. And when we looked at the reason behind that is because we didn't see a very diverse face of whiskey drinkers in marketing. It's all very white, it's all very male. And we decided to try and change that. Um, So we launched in 2018, just as a social media movement to raise awareness around this issue. And it just took off and we were completely overwhelmed by uh, the feedback that we had. People were just congratulating us for actually finally raising awareness of this issue. Now it's it's four years later, and I think the industry has made remarkable progress towards greater inclusion. I think it could go further, and that's why our whiskey is going to be splitting into two, because I mm-hmm. feel like there are two ways to try and tackle this idea of uh, eradicating whiskey's reputation as being a man's drink. Now, the first is to talk to consumers and try and make whiskey come across as this really fun exciting spirit which it is so in the spirit of the our whiskey festival and those those events that you enjoyed um we are going to be launching a subscription club so based in the uk at least to start with it's a subscription club you get two 50 mil whiskies every month for uh, less than £15 a month. And on top of that, we're going to be doing a curated series of events as well, all based around education and fun. We're going to be really diving into whiskey and understanding flavour, how it's made, but really bringing it to life in a super fun way. So that's really exciting. And then a proportion of the profits from the subscription club will be donated to the new Our Whiskey Foundation, which is a non-profit organisation being launched to uh, help support, recognise and empower women in the global whiskey industry. So it's a two-pronged approach here. We're helping uh, drive the conversation around diversity and inclusion with consumers. And we're also trying to help women who are working in the industry already to um, help further their careers and, and thrive and be successful. So, yeah, it's amazing. lots of work. <laughs> yeah, you've been yeah. busy. That's that's amazing. So and and the launch date, uh, same day today, uh, March the 8th, correct? Yeah, which March is the 8th. Yeah, today. the reason for that is today is International Women's Day. It's exactly. uh, also the anniversary of our whiskey. So it's our fourth birthday today. Oh. And what, what better way to relaunch <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant I love the thought of um other women getting into whiskey they're just starting that whiskey journey and actually having a place to go to ask for support um I feel like we would have loved that when we first started because we just kind of banded together and just did our own thing but actually to have a place to reach out to someone to talk to or just advice from other women to feel supported and being part of a community because yeah it, it was it was always very intimidating to just join your um your you know your city's scotch club um uh so it, yeah this is i think this yeah. is a great uh a great approach that you're taking and that, and that was kind of the the thinking behind creating the foundation is um 
establishing an organization that women in different parts of the industry and from different backgrounds and this is this is a global initiative as well so it applies to women working in the Canadian whiskey industry as much as it does in uh, Scotland or England or even Australia I wanted to provide a place where women knew they could get support to um, to help them not just within their careers but help them uh, in like personally give them the confidence that they need to go out there and talk about whiskey because even that can be quite intimidating mm. in a very male dominated environment. We've got a lot of initiatives coming up which include a mentorship program. We have a qualification and internship program coming up too. There's lots of seminars and talks and all sorts of things and ways that people can get involved. And the best part is it's not going to cost anybody uh, a penny or a cent oh. <laughs> to, to, to be a part of the R Whiskey community. You can uh, watch everything for free. We won't be charging a penny for any of that kind of stuff because everybody needs help. And I don't think it's fair to only make it available to uh, women who are part of global organisations who are willing to pay for it. It has mm-hmm. to be available to everybody. So regardless of whether you're a top marketing director for a massive brand or if you're a, a bartender in your first year wanting to embark on your first steps in a career in whiskey, it's for you. It's there. It's available. And we're, we're here to help everybody. Hey, yeah, just a complete inclusion of, of, of everyone. I can't yeah. wait to I can't wait to see um, how this uh, how how you guys progress. It's going to be amazing. Thank you. It's I mean, I'm the sort of person who has these super massive ideas and I get really creative and I run away with myself and I kind of have to have a word and just tell myself to just chill out a little bit because yeah. you're taking on too much and just, you know, one step at a time and just build it mm-hmm. up slowly. So um that's that that's what we're doing. So Today we're launching, announcing the launch of uh, the subscription club and the foundation, um, but there will be really big things to come from both organisations in the future. So yeah, make sure you sign up to rwhiskey.com and rwhiskeyfoundation.org to um, follow along. Absolutely, don't want to miss a yeah, don't want to miss a thing. Absolutely, I think for some of the listeners, though, just to give them a a bit of background, maybe they don't realise like the, the misrepresentation of uh, women in whiskey as well. Like we, Chelsea and I, were reading um, the female representation in social media marketing report that you were part of um, last, last year. Our whiskey did it yeah, last it was, year. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty, um, and something like uh, leading whiskey brands posted uh, just shy of four thousand images, including men. And only 1,707 images of women. Um, 23 of the brands in celebration of International Women's Day, however, um, posted a lot. And um, throughout the year, women women accounts for just, what, 39% of people. Sorry, I'm just reading this here. Like... We are we are seeing an increase, right? We are seeing an increase as times going on, and that's amazing. Um, but how far away do you think we actually are from like from equality? That's a really good question because I think it depends on the uh, amount of emphasis that the industry puts on this issue. So when we launched our whiskey in two thousand and eighteen, we were while we were met with a lot of um, support from the industry we also were met with a lot of apathy people were not willing to um, consider uh, that there was an issue with representation and diversity in the industry people were sick of hearing about women in whiskey 
and they thought that this was another initiative just to um, shout about women and whiskey and they were bored of the conversation which was obviously very frustrating there were moments where we would go to uh, conferences and stand up in front of an audience of people to deliver a presentation on the importance of representation in marketing and half the room stood up and walked out because they thought we were just talking about women in whiskey and they were bored by it. Um, there have been several instances of that but it's only really been in the last I would say two years, two to three years, things have really started to change, the needles really moved. So it depends on how much um, emphasis, as I say, that the whiskey industry puts behind it. But I'm really, uh, I'm, re- I'm really heartened to see that it's being taken seriously by a lot of organisations. Uh, the Scotch Whiskey Association, for instance, um, created a diversity and inclusion charter last year, uh, or was it? Yes, last year. They, uh, oh no, maybe was it 2020? It was uh, a couple of years ago now, my goodness. I'm, time, what is it? it? <laughs> lost, lost, right? Right? Yeah. I can't remember what years it is. <laughs> so they created a diversity and inclusion charter. I think the Kentucky Distillers Association has something similar. And of course, all of the big companies have diversity and inclusion initiatives. But a lot of them really just focus on what's going on internally within the workforce. There's not really anything that's focusing on how important it is to uh, represent a diverse face of the modern whiskey drinker in uh, marketing. And that's why we created this uh, report. So the um, representation of women in social media marketing, we we trawled through um 150 whiskey brands uh, posts over five years between uh, 2016 to 2020 and there's 150 whiskey brands on Instagram and we looked at all of their posts we counted how many there were we also counted how many featured people and of those people how many were men how many were women how many were people of color how often did they talk about International Women's Day or Father's Day or Mother's Day for instance and the results were quite striking um, we, we definitely notice that that men outnumber women by quite a lot uh, in social media marketing. So there are 228% more images of men than women, which goes to show who brands are really targeting with their marketing. But the problem with that is, of course, every brand and everyone is, is free to post whatever images they want to. And most of the images didn't actually feature people. And that's fine. But the problem is when you're only showcasing men drinking your product, women are never going to think that that's something that they can enjoy, that they can drink. And plenty of women that I've spoken to during my career have said, oh, I couldn't possibly drink whiskey. That's a man's drink. It's too strong for me. Which is ridiculous when you think about it. And I try and break it down for them. And they say, well, you know, I wouldn't drink whiskey. It's too strong for me. And I said, well, would you drink would you drink rum? They're like, well, yeah, rum and coke. I'm like, okay, but you you, you drink rum and coke? She's like, well, I mean, maybe, but that's it's a brown spirit, isn't it? I'm like, okay, fine, but would you drink gin? Would you drink a gin and tonic? It's like, yeah, yeah, of course, I drink a gin and tonic. It's, like, it's the same percentage, it's yeah. 40% ABV. And if you're going to be adding coke or ginger ale, it's exactly the same it's exactly the same so the the difference here is that whiskey is positioned as a drink for men whereas the likes of gin and vodka aren't 
yeah. they're maybe touted as being lighter and fewer calories and easier for, to drink for women, which is also ridiculous because they contain the same amount of calories as whiskey. Um, but that's just the way they're marketed. And I think if the whiskey industry continues to only just market at men at their target demographic, not only are they cutting out 50% of their potential consumer base, but you know, women are responsible for making 80% of household purchases. Now, if women aren't buying the whiskey, <laughs> who is? Who is? Um, so they've also got to continue uh, targeting a, a younger demographic as well, I think. So uh, us new people coming through into the industry, uh, millennials and Gen Z, who are starting to think about whiskey. If they're not changing the narrative now, then it's going to be too late. And, and whiskey, I think, is going to fall off a cliff as their uh, target demographic get too old (laughs) yeah well i mean that's why it's so important to have like voices like your own that are that are slowly kind of chipping away well not even at this outdated mindset right Mm -hmm. that um and i would just said a kind of a i was, was thinking about this other day um you know it's obviously marketed towards men and women they have this almost intrinsic feeling that it's not for them so they avoid it just like the conversation that you had uh, you know being like well why not gin why what's what's the difference do you think that men also are just geared to like it whether they want to or not you know what i mean like they're almost forced into also like this is the man's drink this is what you need to drink whether you really want to drink it or not do you think that's also in play I think in certain markets, absolutely, because it's been positioned as this uh, aspirational drink. It's a sign of wealth and success, I think, mm-hmm. for particularly in um, undeveloped markets, the so ones that are just coming online now, particularly African markets it's a, and, and Asian markets, it's a sign of success. If you're sat at the bar drinking a Macallan, for instance, oh my goodness, you must have lots of money. So <laughs> you look fantastic to everybody else. So, of course, yeah, it does come with that kind of aspiration attached. To but what's the drink for women? What what should a woman drink at a bar as a sign of success? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, but the, but, but think about it. We haven't been positioned anything. No. The only thing I can think of is what I when I think about a, a, a woman at a bar, I think of sex in the city like a Cosmo. You know, that, like that that's like the image I get of a woman sitting at a bar. Like grow, grown up with that image at least, right? Which I you know don't 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 drink but, those. But but then if men have been told drink this, you know this shows that you're powerful. You're like strong guy. You can handle a whiskey women in turn have had the same thing just reversed really then haven't they they've had it's too strong for you nobody that doesn't just pop into their brain somebody said that to them or numerous people have said that to them over time mm-hmm. and then they turn it becomes their own thought and they're like nope that's too strong for me Sorry. and I think, th- think thinking about this idea of a drink being a sign of uh wealth and success and your your place in society now men have that I mean maybe champagne is 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 one it's mm-hmm. this kind of idea of what drink has this um price tag attached to it what has this prestige attached to it and for whiskey I think a lot of a lot of people just look at it and think well that's obviously a sign of wealth and success but what do women have aside I mean champagne great mm-hmm. but there's a reason why we don't have a drink that's assigned to us as a sign of wealth and success yeah. because that's never been a narrative available to us I mean things are changing now obviously but we're talking about historic advertising going back to like the 1950s 
so that but that was never something that we were included in yeah mm-hmm. Oh, there's still a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of work to do, but I, you know, I, I want to say on a really positive note, things are changing, and the support that we've got for the Arbisky Foundation is massive. I'm thrilled with the partnerships that we have on board for all different types of initiatives that we've got. The the sentiment within the whiskey industry, I'm strongly feeling, is that uh, they want to do something about it. Uh, it might take a little bit of time because processes change and not all markets move at the same speed. But it, I think we're going to get there. I, I, I think now the industry sees that there's been this historic issue and they want to fix it. They want to write it and they want to move forward. Yeah. So I think positively it will change. I can't tell you when, but um, hopefully hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. My, my, yeah. my goal is that the next generation of women coming into this industry and the next generation of women uh, looking to drink whiskey don't face the same barriers that we faced exactly it's great to hear that you are seeing a lot of support and I think eyes have been opened the last couple of years and having these conversations are so important so thanks for thank you for starting the conversation yeah well I'm just continuing it I think there are a lot of women who've come before me who've been quite vocal as well mm-hmm. women and men but I, I think only it's only just now I think there have been a lot of other cultural uh, events that have happened over the last couple of years that have really brought this to the fore uh, I'm just one voice of many that's just pulling this forward so I'm just really grateful that people are paying attention yeah and you're you're killing it too <laughs> you're doing all, yeah um I, I just had to circle back a bit um to um well you mentioned our whiskey you you want to have a, a big focus on education and uh Pam and I just completed our level one <laughs> w set like two days in, ago <laughs> yeah yeah of our experience yeah it was a bit of a it was a bit of a breeze but it does mark the beginning of our w set journey i know you just completed your level three didn't you i have yes but i haven't got my results back yet <laughs> so, so we can i'm happy to talk about how i found it but it was um like you know i don't want to wax lyrical about it being a breeze because it really wasn't <laughs> well, that, that's the thing I, I heard it gets harder like really really difficult the more obviously but um uh but i was just gonna say one of the main reasons why we wanted to start this kind of process of, of education and getting accreditation is because um we needed something to kind of tame this this imposter syndrome that i think comes from being a woman in this industry and and wanting to be taken a little more, more seriously like do you did you find that you had similar motivations in getting yes. these accreditations like WSET and also your general certificate in distillation, which I think is so cool. You're the one of the, I think the first journalist to get that. Like that, that's amazing. But yeah, do you find you have the similar motivations? Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, that was that was exactly the reason why I decided to get the GCD. Um, that was I. So I just joined ScotchWhiskey.com in 2015, and I got my GCD a year later. And the reason for that was I was just surrounded by older men in the industry, um, all male writers. I'd go on press trips, and everyone was at least 20 years older than me in male. And it was really difficult to be seen and heard, and not just among my peers, but among consumers as well. I was the editor of this massive whiskey website, which became the biggest in the world. Yet I was never seen I wasn't, even though I was the editor, I wasn't the editor. I was um, the assistant. Mm-hmm. I was just somebody um, like the the stand girl who would pour people whiskeys, but actually didn't know anything about it. And 
I, yeah, I needed the GCD to prove a point just to show the world, hey, look, I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can do it. The GCD is very hard. I just, mm-hmm. I do have to say it's very difficult, even though it's multiple choice, there's a lot of very difficult questions, but it does give you a very good understanding of the the science behind distillation and fermentation, uh, what how yeast works and everything about it really, which is, which is great. Um, so I completely agree. Yes, I had the imposter syndrome, but I did also find that even with the GCD, even though I was the first journalist to have it, and I'm actually still the only journalist to have it, it's, um, it, again, look around, there aren't that many women writing about whiskey and um, none of the men feel like they need it. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's normally, a, it's a qualification that's normally for um, distillery workers. So if you're working in a distillery, then you get your GCD. A a lot of brand ambassadors have it as well so that they can talk about whiskey a lot easier. But um, a lot of the writers out there just don't have it because they don't need to. So I then took my level three WSCT and I wanted to do level two, but just for various reasons, wasn't able to get there. So I'd not done level one or two of WSET. So Great jumped straight, straight in at level three. Look at you, <laughs> jumped right in. And um, pretty intensive, pretty intensive program, level three. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're sent a, a book, you're sent a, a quite a chunky book to read through. And we're not just talking about whiskey in here, we're talking about all spirits. So it's your rums, vodkas, gins, your whiskeys. But like your Scotch, your Irish, your American and rest of worlds, Canadian included. Uh, but you've also got things like grappa and your different types of brandy, brandy de Jerez and South African brandy. And then you get into your Asian spirits like baiju and soju and soju. And there's just such a variety of different spirits that you have to learn, not just how they're made, but you have to memorize the legislation that accompanies every single oh. one. For instance, uh, the number of plates that go into a column still for rum agricole. Um, what's the what's the maximum ferment length of fermentation for rum agricole? What's the maximum distillation strength? What's the um, minimum bottling strength for rum in the UK versus the US? And there's what's the sugar content of pastis and um, uh, all sorts of different like products. Uh, what was the one avocado? You had to memorize the sugar content of avocado and the oh, egg no. content of avocado. Wow. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So wow. all of this stuff, which I've now completely just forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw I saw a meme the other day. It's like the info leaving my body as soon as you you uh, you finish an exam. It's like gone. <laughs> yeah, <that's- laughs> I mean, it was. I found it. The theory side of it was fine because I'd done my GCD and it was a lot of it was going over the same ground. But the level three really does drill into a lot of other spirits. Um, I've got. I, I am pleased that I've done it. It was really, really hard. Yeah, uh, you also have to blind taste spirits as well and identify what they are. So that's tricky. So you would need to identify, for instance, the difference between a, a scotch, a blended scotch or a single malt versus a American whiskey uh, whether it's bourbon or Tennessee mm-hmm. or rye, which is really tricky. tricky. I feel like that'd yeah. be a very humbling experience for a lot of people that think that yeah. they say that tout themselves mm-hmm. as experts. It's like, it really but, is humbling. I remember coming off of my first lesson, uh, which was all done virtually. And so the second the lesson finished, I closed Zoom and I was like, Oof. massive <laughs> exhale. It's like, I just want to cry. <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was brilliant. I'm, I, it's ignited a massive passion again for spirits for me, which I think when you're working in the industry for a really long time, you can lose that quite easily and it yeah. kind of comes and goes in waves. And I find, you know, some, doing something like this really does just reignite that spark again, mm-hmm. which is I'm so grateful for. Really and a, a little bit of a tangent. I know this is a scotch podcast or whiskey podcast, um, but was there a particular like spirit that when you were studying really like caught you off guard or surprised you or you got? That's what I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. You? <laughs> yeah, I was like, because I found when we did ours, I was really, really interested in cognac after after doing our first mm-hmm. uh, W set there. So, yeah, was there was there any what other was it, spirit? What was it really... about cognac that you liked? I think I just I'd never really considered it that much as a as a drink. And then when I had to try a few um to do the tasting notes, I was just I just was like, this is also just as complex as whiskey. And I found it so interesting. I really, really did. Mm-hmm. I think for me, and I don't know whether you went into them as much, but I really am fascinated by Baiju and Shoshi. Yeah, we never touched upon it there no. in, in the in level one, no, but um unbelievable. Yeah. The the Production processes are just mind blowing. We're talking solid state fermentation and solid state distillation, so there's no liquid involved. Oh wow! Okay, so I'm completely clueless about this. I realize, wow. <laughs> I know your face. It's just like what? That's even possible? It, it, when you actually, th- it is when you actually think about it. You draw down into your theory. I mean, obviously, it's possible. They've been making it for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but obviously. <laughs> but I'm fascinated by the different styles and the different flavors. And I know with both of them, by Shoshi, they can be quite polarizing. They're obviously not for everybody, but they're you know the world's biggest spirits for a reason. People absolutely love them. And there's so many different styles. And the, I mean, the, the fermentation pits that they're, they're produced in date back hundreds of years even. It's wow. just fascinating. In in the same sense, because I'm, I'm thinking of all of these like dirty, funky, mucky kind of flavours that you would get in like a strong baiju or a sauce baiju. Um, uh, the other category, which... Um, really sparked something in me was rum particularly the Caribbean rum like uh, a rum from Hampton Park where it's just they they make they use the muck pits and they add all the dunder and they're just adding all of this like extra flavor and just depth and you have have you ever had a Hampton Park rum before no I want one try it okay go out and find (laughs) one if you can find one in Canada go out and try it because it's just got so much complexity it's unreal, just unreal. I need to get out there, out to Jamaica. I think it's Jamaica. I need to get to Jamaica. Yep. Press trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should. We should also go. We'll meet you. We'll meet you there. We'll come with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whether whether you like it or not, we're coming. Part two. We're, we're going to be coming live to you from the beach. Yes. <laughs> Rum cocktails in hand. <laughs> yeah. All in the name of R and D. You know, just research. Yeah. yeah. We were like this podcast is very geared towards you know newbies people trying to get into, you know, loving whiskey, um, the beginnings of their journey. A lot of the times it is. Now, since you, you've been in this industry for so long now, and you you yourself are an amazing person to access for being like for education, what would be like your maybe advice for someone who feels maybe intimidated or overwhelmed right now um, about entering into the whiskey world? Like, what would you, what would you say to that person? Yeah, I think, you know, Whiskey has a reputation of being such a massive category and mm-hmm. it can be quite disorientating to 
to start somewhere, but just pick a whiskey and try it. Just any whiskey. And obviously something that's within your budget. Try it neat. The best place to learn is to go to a bar. It can be any bar. Have a look at the whiskies they've got behind there. Ask for the cheapest one and try it neat. Um, Have some water on the side if you want to. Um, Make a note of it, whether you liked it or not. Um, And then you can ask your bartender if you liked it, if you've got anything that's similar to this. And you start on your journey from there. The best way to find out more about whiskey is to just try it. Just taste as many as you can. Um, Don't worry about what people think. No one actually thinks anything. It's like, you know, when you go to the gym for the first time in January, like you're feeling (laughs) massive after the excesses of Christmas and you're intimidated because you think everyone's looking at you and judging you. The reality is they're not. They're just involved in their own crap. So don't even worry about anyone else. Just choose a whiskey, have a taste make a note of it because I bet you you'll forget the name particularly after five of them yeah. um, <laughs> especially when half down. of them yeah and about half of them you can't even pronounce the name to begin with if you're just starting exactly take a photo I'll tell you what actually take a photo of the bottle open your notes app write down the name of it add the photo into your note and what you thought of it and then you've got a record of it in your phone and you can go on the next drink you have. You can make a note of that and you can easily go back through. And when somebody says to you, oh, I want to get you a bottle of whiskey for Christmas or your birthday, what was your favourite? You can go and revert back to your notes and see. Um, I think that's that's just the best way to get in. Just start mm-hmm. to, to taste. Um, if there's a subscription club near you or a whiskey club, that's brilliant. Um, go and join them you'll be welcomed doesn't matter your background or your level of experience you'll be welcomed and just have fun just remember it's all about having fun there aren't any rules with whiskey add water or ice if you want to add coke or iron brew if you want to it really doesn't matter (laughs) exactly it's your (laughs) whiskey it's fun it is fun I promise (laughs) just have a good time with it and, and and speaking of having fun with it and learning about uh, scotch or whiskey is um, I would I would recommend someone to check out your TikTok account because <laughs> <laughs> it is quite fun and, and you have some really, really fun ways of kind of presenting these ideas of not taking it too seriously and have fun with it. Like, you know, like doesn't matter what glass you use, you go ahead, put iron brew in it. At the end of the day, it's your whiskey. You do, you know, and ha- yeah. So yeah, um, do you know the amount of racing I've had on TikTok about using I <laughs> normally out of a tumbler that's my favorite glass for to drink out of so I make videos after a few whiskeys in my tumbler and I'll make a video and invariably there'll be comments from people going oh well, you're not a whiskey expert because uh, oh. you're drinking out of a tumbler but they call it a highball glass so who's the expert now hey exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's yeah the TikTok thing was um like most people, I downloaded it during the first lockdown and uh, loved it. It was a massive way to escape. And I live on my own and it was just so much fun. And I thought, well, I'd like to get into it somehow, but I wouldn't know what to do. Um, and I just started making TikToks, not thinking anyone would actually see them. And a lot of them have gone really viral, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is weird. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's, there's a bit of a following now, which um, I'm a bit surprised by. It's brilliant. I absolutely love the TikTok community. Everyone, apart from the the odd person who doesn't like my taste in glassware, they (laughs) are really supportive and really lovely. And I can, you know, talk about throwing sweets into a glass of whiskey and people applaud me and others are make other other creators are making videos of that serve as well. They're going out and trying it themselves and loving it. Yeah, a lot of interaction. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. 
And I also see your off off topic, but I see you, I, I watched the one where you were listening to Hosea, and I was like, I feel that love for that voice. By the way, like, whew, that's, <laughs> yeah, <you're, laughs> yeah, that um, that 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 song in particular just gives me chills. Like, oh. Every time I listened to it, I was like, yeah, I just have to duet this. Yeah, it's it was <laughs> stunning. <laughs> you listen to that, like, listen to the, him singing that song with your favorite whiskey, like you know, watching the night sky or something. Oh. <laughs> you'd, want, you'd want to you'd want Hosea to be in a an, a cozy Irish bar in the middle of winter during like they've they've shut it down they've locked down the bar and it's just a bunch of you in there all drinking and they're doing this lovely aca- not acapella what's it without without it is acapella isn't yeah, it? Acapella. yeah acapella yeah they're doing an acapella set and you're all just standing around drinking whiskey, swaying from side to side. Tears, <laughs> tears running. Ballad. Yeah, that would be an experience. Yeah, getting getting snowed in with Hosier. Oh yeah, that sounds oh. great. <laughs> um, well, storm. speaking of sweets and whiskey, we are going to do our thirst impressions, but slightly different this time because we've got a couple of nice whiskeys that we'll have, and we're going to pair them with. I've got Coffee Crisp, which is a Canadian candy that we're going to have with Abuna having 12. And Becky, what are you going to have with that one? Well, I um, I, I managed to track down a Coffee Crisp, <laughs> even Yay! from over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I did find one, um, but ironically could not find anybody haven't. So, <laughs> wow. so instead, I am going to be um, pairing it with uh, Glamorangy Signets. So, um, okay. do you know I, I haven't picked up this bottle for a long time the weight of it is amazing uh-huh. I just love the architecture of this bottle the design is just wonderful and the cork is like cork is my favorite thing to just cradle in your hand that's you know. <laughs> it's wonderful. I, I, I need to do something with the with the lid once I finish this bottle it's just it's like a paperweight or something yeah a, 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 pen, a necklace <laughs> we talk a lot about the weights of the the corks don't we we're like this is a good, yeah. weight to that. This is a good yeah. cork yeah. <laughs> you can appreciate a good like cork is, i feel like this is um a step on from blind tasting whiskey it's named the whiskey based on the uh, heaviness of the cork Ooh, <laughs> yeah that will be the next podcast okay with next time you come on and also, I, I should mention too for those non Canadians listening in, Coffee Crisp is like Canadian uh, candy royalty. Check it out if you ever uh, if you see one. But um, okay, so let's do uh, let's give it a try here. So we chose I chose Bunahabin Twelve to go with this because I was thinking you know Bunahabin it's you know has a lot of um, it's almost kind of oily I find oily texture. It has like a little bit of maritime influence, but it also has the like sweetness and nuttiness as well. But I thought the oily-ish texture would work well with like a coffee, milk chalky creaminess. So that was kind of my Mm. strategy. So I'm going to see if that works. Um, And the signet, I feel like is almost obvious why that would pair together. But maybe, maybe explain maybe why you think it's going to work. Yeah, so... um the banana oven sounds great. I love the idea of the oiliness working with the chocolate. So um, you're matching the textures there. Obviously, chocolate being really creamy, if you match the viscosity, then you're going to have a natural correlation to your palate. With the the signet, Glenmorangie signet, they actually use a proportion of chocolate malt in the mash. So that's uh, malted barley that's been roasted for um, a, a little bit longer. So it creates these lovely kind of coffee chocolate kind of notes to um the malts which then obviously is imparted into the whiskey so 
this is a whiskey has um actually lovely toffee and caramel notes but just like a beautiful milk chocolate um uh running all the way through it it's bottled at 46 percent, so i think it's non-chill filter too so it will also have that viscosity that we want from a chocolate pairing excellent you said that way more elegant than i could than i did <laughs> i'm already eaten so okay oh, yeah <laughs> do some some quick asmr here i have never tried this before oh well mm. here you go okay. okay coffee crisp here we go oh good Mm, nothing like chewing on a podcast audio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some people like to listen to people eat. Mm-hmm. You're right. Weird. This could be okay. a podcast. Make it some a- new listeners. Then. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. okay, okay. So right. Let's see. Um, I Pamela, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of loving this together. This if you're asking me right now. This is like um, it's it's a wafer bar with coffee in the middle, mm-hmm. correct? Yep, yeah, and that's another thing. I I wanted the wa- the wafer I thought would work well with kind of like nuttiness barley notes for at least the Bonahabin. Um, but what do you what do you what are your thoughts? What do you think? It goes well with the signet, I think. Um, I like that the coffee isn't actually too overwhelming. It's just kind of, it sits at the back of my tongue. So when I sip on the, the whiskey, actually, I think the whiskey enhances the coffee element somehow, mm-hmm. which is really yes. interesting. Yeah. I'm finding like, like I'm finding the exact same thing with actually the Ben Haben. It's, um, it's really bringing out the coffee and it's, it is a super creamy, uh, experience as well. What are you thinking, Pam? Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I actually think it's, it, it takes away like that overly like sweet chocolate and kind of turns it more into like a dark chocolate flavor mm. or I'm finding that when I'm when I'm uh, pairing them together I really like it and I actually like the wafer inside it makes me feel like I'm having like like a coffee with like a nice little biscuit thing going on here yeah this is mm. awesome yeah I think this is a success mm-hmm. I think, think yes yeah, good 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 choice I am enjoying it I'm sad that not to, I'm not tasting the gonna happen with you guys well, when um, you do receive your sample in, yeah. then maybe save a little bit of coffee crisp and let us know what you think. I will. I will. Yeah. I tell you what, I will put it on my Instagram. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Head over to my Instagram and then you'll see what I actually think of the Ben Hubbard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like it. Um the more very, I have this, the more I like it. There's like lots of lovely nutty elements coming through as well. Uh, yep. I think mm-hmm. so like so many so often. And I used to, I got like so much fire for pairing sweets and whiskey. I, I did this what last summer uh, on my Instagram, and a lot I got a lot of hate messages from uh, men <laughs> telling yeah. me not, not, how how dare I eat a sweet when I drink my whiskey, <laughs> um, which is going really. So I'm not forcing you to do it. I'm just doing it, mate. Yeah, but it's. It, it is fascinating how people still think that there are rules around how you should drink whiskey, how it should be enjoyed, when the reality is you just do you. If you want to eat a coffee crisp and have a, a glass of Bonahaven at the same time, you're missing out if you don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, stop, waste, yeah. stop wasting your time when worrying about how other people are enjoying their own taste experiences, right? So yeah. that's yeah, why I mean, eat. Eat your whiskey or eat your candy with whiskey. It's fine. 
Eat your whiskey, drink your candy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that, you know, if you, can all, you. If, if you can also think of about it as like, if you're worried about the, the, the candy taking it away from the whiskey, maybe consider, think of it as you're just making the candy better. Like <laughs> by adding whiskey, if you want to, if like, just, yeah. I was going to say, there's a wonderful book called The Flavor Thesaurus. So if you were ever interested in what candy to pair with your whiskey then um think about the flavor notes in your whiskey and there's a book which you can then go and look up the flavor and see what other flavors match with it so then you can oh. find candy or food which would go well with that particular drink the book's over there and i yeah, can't do that becky's just posting pointing behind her um for our second drink so we tried to get cola cubes couldn't get them um but i know that you like what's the whiskey you enjoy popping that in and swirling it around a, a certain whiskey so yeah this was this was this feels like my signature serve (laughs) um I I don't know how I came across it I had I tell you what no I tell you what it was one of the R Whiskey Festival sessions was called Wonka Vision uh, a kind of mashup of um Willy Wonka versus like being on a virtual tasting and I paired whiskies with different treats and had uh, different guests whiskey makers present those pairings and one of the ones we had was because you've heard of the smoky koki right mm-hmm. the smoky koki which is uh lagavulin uh and coke it's just that so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a peated whiskey with coke mm-hmm. and i thought well that sounds great but what if what if what if we paired the lagavulin with uh cola cubes which are this um square cola flavored candy it's a hard-boiled candy that we have in the UK and it's covered in sugar and we had we did the pairing and then I had loads left over from the event just sat in my living room like tons of all these sweets (laughs) and just one evening I just put one in my glass of whiskey and let it dissolve slowly and it was the best thing ever Uh, so I did that with bullet actually uh, bullet bourbon and I think the flavors of a bourbon work really well with cola and um, that lovely vanilla, you've got a bit of woodiness um, and all those spices that are in Coke work really well with the uh, sweet bourbon flavours. So that's the original. Mm-hmm. So that inspired this. Yes, that inspired this tasting then. Because yes. we have bullet bourbon in front of us, but because we couldn't get the cola cubes, we have got fizzy cola bottles. Yes, and because I couldn't get any bullet, <laughs> I really failed on the whiskey front, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, I've actually got some Jephthah Creed, which is a uh, a whiskey, a, a bourbon made in Kentucky. It's a really interesting one. It's made by a mother and daughter duo, and it's uh, made using a bloody butcher corn. And if you Google that, you'll see the images, like the corn is bright red. It's oh, wow. just amazing. It's this heritage variety and the flavour in this whiskey is like mind blowing. I've got oh, like wow. the tiniest amount left in the bottle. So. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like you've enjoyed it. It's almost <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Not to call you out. So we just take your bourbon, we're using bullet bourbon, and we're just plopping, plopping it in well, there. But- because we're using cola bottles and um, the center of a cola bottle is it's a gummy, right? So it's a different style of sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I right. I feel yeah. like, um, I mean, you could just drop it in there and stir <laughs> Chelsea's it. Chelsea's already in. I already did. <laughs> okay, I couldn't help. You know what? Just do it. I, okay. Two things. First of all, drop it in there. Let it dissolve. I'm doing the same. Okay. Just swirling it around. It might take a little while um, because uh, sugar doesn't dissolve so well in high ABV spirits. Yeah. Um, 
we'd give it a while. In the meantime, you could have a bite of a cola cube and then sip the whiskey. That's a good idea. All right. That's what I'd recommend with the, with the fizzy bottles. I'm going to bite the cap off just the way I did when you're like a kid. Yeah. Bite the top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bite it from the bottom. <laughs> no. No. And if you do, get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've not had a cola ball for so long. It's like you get the strength and the flavour of the whiskey, but with just a hint of the cola. So it's like a reverse whiskey and coke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it just Ooh. adds that sweetness. So it's a kind of like I mean it's like a it's like a coke old fashioned. <laughs> you know, you but instead of the sugar cube, you're adding like a sweet. And you could I mean you could if you wanted to add some um bitters to it. Add some orange bitters, that would probably work and just like let this sweet dissolve a bit. It might take a while, but I wanna hear I wanna know what your um what your listeners think of this, if they can mm-hmm. get hold of cola bottles or cola cubes I think are the best because they've got a different flavour. Yeah, if anybody knows where you can get cola cu- cubes <laughs> in, Edmonton. in Edmonton, give us a DM. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually really like that. That is good. I like what you're saying. It's kinda of like an old fashioned it's mm-hmm. uh, Mm-hmm. it's kind of fun it's fun do you know what it's fun that's the whole point right yeah yeah i like it exactly i also have um i mean i have a tub of sweets which i'm playing about with i also have in here i don't know if you guys know of any of these i have shrimps and bananas oh um, you told us about this i've never heard of those right no i've never heard it Mm-mm. shrimp and bananas right foam sweets that are shaped like shrimps and bananas because they obviously go together <laughs> yeah i have oh this works really well you want to try this one marshmallows with grain whiskey oh okay so what Ooh. what would it what it is about grain whiskey that would pair well with a marshmallow okay so you think about a flavor of a marshmallow what you've mm-hmm. got is the vanilla um sweet sugar maybe mm-hmm. a touch of strawberry the pink ones mm-hmm. i mean i think the pink ones taste as strawberry but i think that's just the color yeah. suggesting that to <laughs> um, my, they're light they're fluffy um first of all they're fun so great with grain whiskey particularly scotch grain whiskey i find that it's got again lovely beautiful vanilla flavors toast the jokes and caramel and they just go really well with marshmallow so it's mm. just this vanilla explosion so it's almost like um you get a kind of cream soda effect Mm. oh yes yeah yeah would you would you would you put it in the liquid and let it kind of dissolve or would you just eat it i would have it side by side yeah side by side chelsea Um, keeps choosing the messy options for everything here and i'm loving it (laughs) the other one i have is i haven't got many of them left now sherbet lemons which go amazingly well with peated whiskey like a young peated whiskey like kalila yeah um anything kind of maritime but with that citric kind of note to it i think kalila works really well maybe kilhoman as well would do really well and then i've got rhubarb and custards do you have those uh no i don't think we get them here i feel like come back (laughs) i feel like british British sweets uh kind of a treasure trove really we've got all of these like small little hard-boiled things Rhubarb and custard, I think, would also go really well with grain whiskey. Uh, Again, because of the vanilla element, uh, not too overpowering, but yeah, fruity, sweet, creamy, yum. 
<laughs> we need to get some sort of care package sent over, I think, to us. Just full of yeah. sweets. If you're not busy enough, can you just send us a bunch of candy? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Put that on your priority list. Right, but you know what? I think um, I think that's but it wraps up everything here. Um, I think we covered everything. Uh, we want to like thoroughly thank you so much for taking time out of your day to like speak with us. We're super excited about the about the relaunch of of our whiskey. I think it's going to be such a valuable tool going forward. And congratulations on that. And I guess thank you for everything that you're doing, not just of like voices of people that need to be represented more but just for whiskey in general i think you're doing such a phenomenal job and yeah we just want to thank you yeah so. and we're, we're excited to see our whiskey part two roll out and uh, i'm sure it's going to be a huge success i'm just so happy for you and can't wait to see all the good stuff you're going to do in the next mm-hmm. year yeah oh gosh thank you so much guys it's been a real pleasure being uh on your wonderful podcast finally i'm so glad we managed to make this happen <laughs> it's been really really fun and uh yeah just big love to all your listeners and the folk in canada who are loving whiskey and getting into it and um yeah awesome Looking forward to, to seeing how you guys develop as well yeah well we, you know hopefully you know hopefully okay we'll try her doing the best we can <laughs> uh before we leave can you just drop your where can people find you on um social medias and maybe um even like our whiskey what, what what handles should they follow our whiskey is at our whiskey and you can find me at becky paskin and if you are uh really interested and want to find me on tiktok then i'm uh whiskey becky we'll find her uh, yeah, sh- I recommend. I recommend your, your TikToks are funny. I, I enjoy them a lot. Uh, Thanks very much, guys. All right, you Thank can take you. care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, that wraps up season three, episode one. Wow. Wow, was that one, Bosa? Wow. Um, we obviously want to say a big thank you to Stuart Bobbin for the creation of our theme song, This Is The Life. Thank you, Stu. Big ups. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and follow Jamtime Podcast on Instagram. Wow. 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 Do prefer a Dwayne Wilson wow or a Vietnamese wow? Oh, I think at the end of the day, they, they convey the same message, but in different fonts. Wow. That was that was deep. Wow. Profound. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 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 <laughs> uh, okay. I'm gonna stop recording. I think we got what we got. We got it. I think we nailed it. We nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>